You're listening to the Data in Higher Education podcast series, episode 15, part one, giving data definition, perspective on co-curricular engagement. My name is Moira Fippen, and I'm here today with Dr. Kelly Rainey. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Moira. How are you? Very good. Great to have you. So we wanted to invite you all to listen with us today as here at Campus Labs, we hear from many campuses who seek to understand and assess student involvement at their campus. We know that there are many researchers like Aston and beyond who have shown the value of both quantity and quality of co-curricular involvement on student success. But working with these campuses, we've seen that no one definition of involvement works for all campuses and no one method of measuring involvement works for all campuses. Campuses have to define their own goals for involvement. There's not one definition that's gonna work for everyone. To help our listeners imagine their own definition for involvement for their campus and how they might measure it, we spoke to two very different campuses about their definition and process for measuring co-curricular involvement or engagement. Before we get into that, I wanna talk a little bit about why Kelly and I were interested in having this conversation. Kelly, do you wanna start us off and tell us why this topic matters to you? Sure, absolutely. So in my previous experiences, I actually worked in the area of student affairs, uh, student activities, and I worked in various different institutions that really focused on um, how do we use data to engage with our students, but also meet them where they are and take them to a different level. And so in my experience working with various different populations of students, I, I recognized that student engagement happened for students in different ways. And we had to find different strategies that we could employ that would really help students that we knew needed that extra value to their experience to enhance their overall quality, but also to be able to ensure that they were successful at the institution and beyond. And so I've always been interested in this topic, even as I've moved forward in my career and worked in institutional research and went on to do more of accreditation work. It always came back to how do we improve our student engagement and our student success. And a lot of times that goes back to how do we use data to advance that mission. I think more and more campuses are realizing how important student engagement data is. There are more, I feel like in accreditation, student engagement is even getting spoken about more uh, and incorporated into the process. From my perspective, I have been working since around 2017 with campuses uh, in particular on their student engagement data. And I just can't even emphasize enough how many different interpretations of this or different visions for student engagement I've seen across campuses. Before I joined Campus Labs, I actually worked in specifically student leadership development and social justice education. So I'm also often thinking about how different institution types, different student populations, that is constantly changing what exactly this conversation looks like for a campus, which we really wanted to dive in in our interviews as well. And I think we did a great job of doing that. I hope so. Yeah, so we you'll hear listeners that we want to include some particular attention to different cross-secting identities, whether that be about institution type. We spoke to both a public campus, uh, like a large-scale public campus, as well as a community college, and population of the students themselves. So one of the contexts you'll hear from in this series is actually uh, in the context of multicultural student affairs, and is specifically thinking about what student engagement looks like for her individual sets of students and what their different needs are, even within that smaller group. 
So Kelly, I was thinking perhaps we could start with your interview. Can you tell me a little bit about who you interviewed? Oh, absolutely. Um, had a great interview with Jessica Duvall. She's at Kennesaw State University in Georgia, and she serves as the assistant director for cultural and community centers. Um, and if you know about Kennesaw State, um, very large institution. It's uh, really recognized for being an innovator when it comes to teaching and learning. Uh, and they are, are top rank when it comes to um uh, how to support students, uh, not only for undergraduate level, but also at the graduate level as well. And talking to Jessica, she really informed us of some of the work that they're doing to enhance their involvement with various different types of marginalized groups of students. So there is a center um, that or a department that they've created that focuses on four key centers. Um, and she's going to expose to us in the conversation about how those centers have come together, um, that are dealing with students of color, that are dealing with international students, LGBTQ, uh, as well as women, and how those students have come to work together and use assessment to really advance the work of not only the individual centers, but collectively, and how to advance the overall engagement of those students. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear it. Let's give it a listen. So, Jessica, thanks so much for joining us for this conversation today. Um, we're very interested in hearing what you're doing on your campus, telling us more about how you're really engaging um, with assessing student engagement and how that leads to overall student success within your area. So thanks again for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do on your campus? Sure, absolutely. So on my campus, I serve in a capacity where I do assessment strategic initiatives um, within a department called Cultural and Community Centers at Kennesaw State University. Um, our department, I think, is rather unique in the way that it's structured and how it affects how we do our assessment work um, and that we are a diversity, equity, and inclusion office that is comprised of four student-facing resource centers um, exploring different populations on our campus. So we have our Women's Resource Center, we have our LGBTQ Resource Center, and we have our Global Village that focuses it on international students um, and their experiences. And then we have our Cultural Awareness Resource Center that explores um, experiences of students of color on campus. Um, and so what I am charged with doing is looking at how do all these offices um, interact and serve students um, holistically, as well as being able to look at the individual experiences within each of those centers um, within the department. That's very interesting. And and so with those four centers, how do you really define engagement for your students today? Um, so a lot of the work that we're doing right now, as we're kind of like phasing in more intensive assessment strategies um, and becoming more and more intentional, um, is right now what we're looking at is broadly, how do we define and experience interaction um, in our departments? Um, it's something that uh, previously we had gone through a, a departmental reorganization in the past year, year and a half or so, um, where we were previously three of the centers, um, absence of the Women's Resource Center, were with a unit of multicultural student affairs within a larger department. Uh, about a year ago, we restructured to actually become our own department um, and brought the Women's Resource Center into that. Um, and so one of the first questions we needed to start understanding is, what does the work of our office look like? What is the overall impact to the campus community, as well as how often are students engaging and does different levels of engagement or interaction with our department correlate in any way to student success and what our goals were as a department. Um, so right now it's really that 
tracking average interactions um, of each of the students and looking to try to find trends of interaction levels among different populations or different services or program types. And is that with the um, reorganization, is that what got you interested in really in the topic of defining and assessing engagement at the institution? Absolutely. Um, prior to our restructure, we really operated um, the LGBTQ Resource Center, the Global Village, and the Cultural Awareness Resource Center really operated um, as silos. We were all doing programming in different ways. We were collecting data to different levels. And when we were collecting that data, we were collecting it in very different ways. So that when it came to do some end of years, you know, our annual assessment process, there was no way for us to really be able to talk about the collective efforts of our centers. And so when the Women's Resource Center joined, we were asking questions of ourselves and really understanding what did it mean to be an expanded area and to not be a unit, but to be a department um, and to really start looking at how we work collaboratively. We really started to ask those questions about ourselves. Um, and then the administration also had questions, too, as we we're becoming more and more of a data driven field. They wanted to understand how did our program services and efforts affect um, the retention, progression and graduation of the students we serve, as well as the broader campus community. So that really focused us to start looking inward and understanding what is it that we actually do? What are the common elements of the work that we do? Um, and how do we do that work in unique ways across each of those centers? That's great. So, so based on that information, what exactly uh, do you uh, do in regards to assessment of student engagement? How does your assessment of student engagement practices really look today? So for us, it really started with a lot of teamwork and really starting to think about what is it that we really do? What are the unique set of experiences that our department contributes to the campus community? Um, and do we all understand that and how do we all apply that? So it really is before we even got to like data collection and data analysis, we really had to think about what was our scope, mission and purpose. For us, that meant what are the common um, aspects of programs or services that our departments or centers should be offering no matter what the population group is, and then starting to understand how we do that in very unique ways. So for us, um, our first round, um, because uh, you know, assessment is always an iterative process and finding out how to do it better, um, we divide, developed this set of three pillars, if you will, um, or clusters of programs and services for our students. Um, and we decided that all of our areas really should be focusing on sense, developing strong sense of belonging um, for our students. And so we developed this system, these kind of three codes that we would align all the programs and services offered through any of the four centers or the department as a whole against those. So we could start to be able to try to identify trends or themes um, across each of the four centers, um, as well as through that process, implementing a system where every time we interact uh, with a student, we found a way to capture that, whether that was through sign-in sheets, whatever that's that implementation was we were collecting student data for those so that we could be able to kind of see at aggregate. Um, did it make a difference if students were engaging more in sense of belonging type of uh, engagement opportunities versus campus engagement opportunities? Um, that's really what that how our process began. Um, after doing that for about a year and collecting that data, we got some really interesting data in terms of understanding the total interaction level of our students. But when we started looking at those pillars, we realized there was a lack of consistency in how we were applying that across all four centers, that we could have a common program across all four centers that on their surface level looked to be the same, but they were coded 
differently um, or align to those pillars in different ways where one person might have defined that same program as being a sense of belonging program, whereas another department uh, center identified it as being something about uh, campus engagement. Um, and so when I started looking at the data at the end of the year, I was like, this isn't really sustainable for us to really truly understand the types of work that we do and how it affects student success. Um, so we went back to the drawing board um, and we redeveloped the process um, and defined three new pillars for the department. Um, we're staying in the idea of sense of belonging work, uh, but also looking at redefining as cultural competency. How are we helping this university develop the skills um, to be more competent in dealing with diversity and difference? Um, and then also expanding it to academic enrichment opportunities. How are we providing support systems for our students, particularly those under the populations that we are targeting towards, preparing them to be successful both in the classroom, out of the classroom, and beyond graduation? Um, and with that, actually starting to define a set of a rubric. Really, we mapped all those three um, pillars of ours back to CAS, and through that CAS mapping, we're able to pull and find the best parts of each of CAS that really define the work that we did um, and provide a rubric that when somebody proposes a new program, we're actually measuring it against that rubric and actually having a system where um, part of my responsibilities um, for the department is that somebody will submit a proposal that this program should be coded as academic enrichment. And then I do a secondary look at it to see, okay, does that make sense? Does it align with the rubric? So that we can get a consistency of application and alignment to those learning outcomes across all programs so that we can be able to look at our data and understand our student interactions and experiences, both at the departmental, the center level, but also looking at it in the aggregate at the departmental level as well. So we can really try to understand the cumulative effect of the experience that we have for our students across campus. That sounds like a very strong um, and sustainable assessment process, Jessica. Are there any other challenges or, or barriers that you've encountered or that you may foresee encountering um, in assessing this engagement, particularly uh, for the diversity of the student body that exists? Absolutely. I think the biggest challenge is figuring out how to eat an elephant. Uh, we have four departments with four sets of staff um, all coming together uh, with existing programming as well as developing new programming, trying to understand how does my work over here connect directly to the work over here. So if I'm doing this in the LGBTQ Resource Center, how does that same type of program show up in the Cultural Awareness Resource Center? And how are we serving that same student in both spaces, but understanding the unique experience that's sought um, in those students in those various salient spaces. So that's the first part is really trying to go, how do we really encapsulate all of the work that we do? Because we know everything that we do has uh, ripple effects for the campus community and for that student. So where do we really try to say, what is the primary intention of each of our programs and services? And take the scope of everything that we do, the hundreds of opportunities that we give for students to have interaction and engagement with our department on an annual basis. How do you sum that up into three pillars, three principles or goals of what it is that we do. Um, that was the biggest challenge is really trying to get some consensus around that, um, making sure that everyone's unique programs and services are captured within that framework, and then making sure there's also that consistency of understanding and application, as well as the trouble that when you're starting, you're implementing a framework in existing sets of programs, um, where you're kind of almost reverse mapping at times, where this program's been happening for 10 years, how do I make sure it's aligned with our new goals or principles without 
dramatically changing or altering what's been working, but also to make sure that we're being true to the learning outcomes and developmental outcomes that we've assigned to each of these types of programs. Um, and so with that really measuring, and we've spent this past fall semester, not necessarily mapping students learning and measuring and assessing student learning from our programs, but really measuring our alignment to our goals that we stated we have. Does this program actually do cultural competency work? Um, am I intentionally executing the program in a way that students should be able to increase level of cultural competence um, because of the by having attended that program? So that's been kind of that big overarching, and sometimes it can feel very overwhelming, particularly if you don't have a strict process and buy-in from everybody across the area, uh, because you're telling people to think about the work that they do in very different ways. Um, and asking them to trust in a process that this is really going to be worthwhile at the end because we're going to know more about our students, about our programs, and about our efficacy at the end of the process. Um, so that's one of the big challenges um, that come with that. But I think that it's not necessarily unique to this process, like any sort of change. Those are similar kind of feelings or emotions that have to work through the assessment really is a relational process. Um, we're working with people and trying to change the way that we do the work. Um, so that was one of the big barriers and then from there is deciding what does what is the minimum level of engagement that we can all agree on is what we would consider an engaged student uh, that's it fluctuates with each area depending on how much programming is needed or is uh, implemented in a given year um, for us we decided it was 10 that if you had 10 interactions with us in an academic year then we would consider you as part of our um, full first time full-time cohort within the department and we're going to track your success over time um, but also when we start getting more and more data we need to be able to go back and reassess is 10 really the magical number i'm um, getting everybody to agree with that in the first place um, is that the appropriate metric is certainly a challenge and then a challenge that i feel is unique to doing diversity equity inclusion work on a college campus is for us being able to act accurately or as accurately as one is able to capture the associated demographic data for all of our students. Um, when we started this process and I started uh, really looking at our student information system, we started to realize that some of our race ethnicity data um, was not consistent. That if you had a student who had started five years ago, race ethnicity was being coded in one way versus if they just started this year, race and ethnicity data is coded in a different way. So trying to get older data and newer data to talk to each other um, through consistent levels of coding. So that was one of our challenges. Also, um, where do we define what an international student is? We had to start asking those questions. Um, is it a first-generation student um, to the U.S.? Is it somebody who is here on a J-1 visa? We had to decide what are the limits of what we're defining international as um, and what are the implications of doing that work? And then for our LGBTQ Resource Center, it's sexual orientation and gender identity is not information that is collected. So we can't really say that engagement is because of a sexual orientation or gender identity that, that success or failure to success is based on that aspect of identity, but rather we've had to couch or reframe a lot of our data based on areas within the university or within the department that students are engaged with, not necessarily the identity that they carry. So we can say that the retention rate of students, you know, first year students engaged with the LGBTQ Resource Center is X, but we can't say the retention rate of LGBTQ students is because we don't collect that data in the system. So it creates a little level of 
a little extra level of challenge in really understanding the success and the impact of our work on the students that we serve. That's great information. Um, as I think about some of the things that you've said um, and the, the different populations that you're specifically working with, oftentimes there are marginalized students from various different um, marginalized backgrounds, um, whether you're talking about race, ethnicity, um, socioeconomic status. Um, and based on um, that those working with those students, do you think the experience of engaging on campus as a student coming from those different backgrounds is different from other students on the campus? And and in what ways um, have you really seen difference based on um, the data that you're working with? I mean, absolutely. I think we wouldn't have these types of centers and services um, at universities across the country if we didn't understand that some student populations experience the campus in different ways um, and that we're putting in support mechanisms to help students be their best selves and be successful and accomplish the goals that they came to the university to accomplish. Um, I think in terms of engagement, uh, I have the most background directly working with LGBTQ populations on our campus and visually and in, in, in experiencing and seeing from students and hearing from students um, who are interact with the LGBTQ Resource Center, one of the bigger anecdotes that I would hear from students is that it's not so much that they didn't need the services. It was a fear of accessing the service. Am I going to be accepted in this space? Say I've written a research paper on an LGBTQ type topic. If I go to the writing center to ask for help, am I going to give the receive the full benefit of that assistance from the tutor there because of the content of my paper? or if I'm going to the career services area and I want help with my resume, are they gonna be able to help me articulate the skills uh, I've developed as an LGBTQ, involved LGBTQ student on campus into my resume and help guide me through the positives and negatives of including that information on a resume. And so I think what our centers often do and the way that we've kind of coded the programs that we do is we explore that through our academic enrichment uh, bubble or pillar, if you will, to say, how are we supporting students in engaging in campus, not just within our centers, but across the entirety of the campus, so that they're getting the full benefit of the support services and opportunities that the campus provides to all students. Um, I think another unique area exploring student engagement, particularly within our department, is how are we creating space where a student can bounce between all four of our centers and feel whole um, and served and not having to divide aspects of identity. Um, do I get to be my whole authentic self in each of these four centers that I may carry identities within? Um, that's another area that we are working on trying to understand better. And part of that is this engagement tracking process to understand how are students interacting across our, all four of our centers. That we know students are carrying multiple identities, but are they actually engaging in multiple centers with all aspects of those identities? And what does that tell us about the service and the work that we're providing to our students? In terms of some of the data that we've gotten back, um, we've only have our, our close out our first fall semester for our full-time cohort, uh, first time full-time cohort, excuse me. Um, but we are seeing some different trends on how students are interacting in the different centers. So for instance, within our LGBTQ resource center, we have a fewer number of unique users entering our center, but they have a much higher interaction rate that they're coming back more often and they're in their center almost daily, um, and that's a much higher rate than some of our other centers, um, especially contrasted against like our Women's Resource Center that has an average interaction rate of maybe one to two visits from a particular student in a given year. The LGBTQ Resource Center, that 
interaction rate is between you know 10 to 12 on an average um, interaction per student so we're wanting to understand how and why that's happening we have some kind of anecdotal feedback but we're going to do some further assessment to try to gain some information from our students to understand what is the difference and why are they coming into our center and then what are they getting out of that experience so it's not just tracking the the student coming through the door but also understanding what are they receiving once they come through the door um, and how can we use that information to better our services to them the other interesting thing is looking at class standing and engagement level so is engagement consistent across being a first-year student to a sophomore to a junior to a senior and what we're seeing is that's playing out differently in different resource centers so for the LGBTQ resource center first-year students are involved at a higher rate than seniors which stands out as a difference from all three other centers in which seniors have more engagement than first-year students so it starts to tell us the benefit of having four unique centers and understanding that while we may have common frameworks to explore and analyze the data um, and create systems for collecting the data we also need to be mindful that the work shows up in unique ways and has unique needs through each of our four resource centers and being mindful of that as we're trying to in some ways universalize a process making sure that we don't go too far in that so that we're not disrupting the quality of service and meeting the needs of our students that's great Jessica, you're, you're doing a lot and, and the impact that you're having on students is, is wonderful. I, with all that said, are there any recommendations or, or first steps that you would give to um, someone listening to this podcast or um, that may um, be looking for some advice or just some, some quick wins on how to, to make this, these initiatives happen on their own campus? Sure. Uh, some of the things that I talk about, some of my colleagues even on campus, talking about how they may be able to adapt or adopt um, some of the process that we've implemented into our department. Um, and through having gone into the second year of this process, the best advice I can have is to wrestle with the problem of how to eat an elephant first. I don't know that we spent enough time at doing that and when we first implemented this process. And what that led to was after completing the first academic year into this process, we had to completely essentially redo um, our first year uh, because we realized that the way that we were trying to code the information, we didn't really understand the impact or purpose of our programs because we hadn't sat and really wrestled with that enough. Um, so really trying to think structurally and strategically, what is the purpose of collecting the data and how does it align to your mission, value, and purpose of the department or division or institution? Really sitting and understanding that process before diving in. Um, in the meantime, there's definitely ways that you can just start collecting the data uh, so that you can have that to go back because you can always recode data, but you can't recode data that you didn't collect. Um, and so for us, it was starting out very simply of we just want to every time a student comes into our resource center, we're going to have them check in. And then from there, it was okay. Now, whenever they go to programs, we're going to have those students check in and then we're going to tie those programs back to our pillars. And now we've implemented this next iterative process is we're going to actually have a, a standardized feedback form that aligns to each of those goals that we've set and ask students, did you get this um, by participating in this program? Do you feel that you are more academically prepared? And then we're going to take that data in, revamp again, and then turn around and implement a learning outcome statement based assessment project as well for various programs and services that we do. But what I can emphasize the most is really just sitting with that at the very beginning. What is the purpose, scope, and mission of our department? And how can our, we collect data in a way that can illustrate 
those and so it's transparent from beginning to end. We're not collecting data just for the sake of collecting data, but how does the data we collect inform our work um, and sitting with that from the very beginning. Thanks so much, Jessica. This is very helpful. I'm pretty sure that I, not only have I learned a lot in this conversation, I think that definitely our listeners have learned a lot from you. Thanks again. Appreciate it so much. Kelly, what a fantastic conversation that was. Thanks for letting us take a listen on that. I'm curious for you, having heard so much about Jessica's process and method, what were your big takeaways? Yeah, I, I agree. It definitely was a great conversation with her. I felt like I learned quite a bit just in those few moments of talking. And it's very interesting when you listen to Jessica, she really takes a great focus on how to really improve your processes to get to this key information. Uh, I listened to her, particularly as she started to unpack what were some of the challenges they ran into and her reflection. And she talked a lot about thinking about assessment from a meta level. Um, um, and how can you do a better job of using the data to improve upon the processes that you have in place? And so you hear her talk about the four centers and how um, the centers really operated in silos initially. And that when they were looking at this data to understand the interactions that they're having with students, it was really hard for them to get to that. So she talks a lot about taking a, a step back and understanding what is the data informing, uh, how to change what we do and how we can better work together as units and even taking a step further outside of just that department to really have a stronger focus on what is it defining uh, student engagement to be across the institution and how can we drill down to get to that. And a lot of times it's really taking that step back to understand have you set up your your processes to, to capture that? Uh, and she talks about process mapping and understanding that, you know, sometimes you got to pause for a moment. You may not have the data completely laid out to get to those answers up front. So sometimes we're quick to jump in and really say, OK, let's look at all that we have to really have a better understanding. And when you realize, oh, I may not be able to answer those questions just yet, why can't I do that? And I think sometimes the reason is because we didn't take that moment to understand, do we have our, our operations in line? Um, have we taken the time to talk as units as to how do you find that particular interaction? How do you define that other one? That way, when we do come back together, we can have a deeper discussion. Uh, so she does a great job of really thinking of data as Let's come back to a point where we first understand what we're doing before we really move forward. Um, and that when you're doing that, you're having that continuous conversation. It's not just something that happens at the beginning. Uh, so I learned a lot from her and I, I take it back to even my own experience of just studying more so organizational and change from a higher education perspective. And it reinforced to me why we do need to have that conversation with various different units across a campus so that way we can then take data to a whole nother level. Yeah, it seems like Jessica has such an advanced perspective on assessment and an advanced understanding of how to conduct assessment that as she was there looking over the processes for each of her different centers, she could see where the gaps were, right? And I think if I look back on my experience working in multicultural affairs, I often didn't know where those gaps were. I couldn't see things at that high level. I was so embedded in my specific process or my specific area. And I really think we can learn a lot from Jessica's story about 
how we can be more efficient in how we do assessment. Like I can recall when I was on campus realizing, okay, the data I was having from a student information system about gender, for instance, was not reliable. It was not going to give me what I needed for the work I was doing. So I decided to partner with our residence life department, ask for some more questions on their surveys that students are submitting themselves each year and get that data that way. So there's ways we can get more creative about how we're gathering the data. But what I think Jessica does best is offering some nuance in how she interprets it. So she talks about unifying all of this data and, and looking at it collectively in her interview with you. But she also talks about individually what she needs to consider for each of those centers, what the goals are. And I think I loved hearing Jessica kind of evolve her perspective, even as she was talking to you about what success meant for each of those centers. I thought that was fantastic. Absolutely. And I think the other piece that we need to remember, too, is that Jessica's emphasized to us, this has only been going on for a little over a year. Uh, And so oftentimes people think that you have to have years upon years of information before you can have these conversations. And she, she points out to you that she started these conversations recently and she's still learning from them and everyone on the campus is still learning from them. But you can start this work and have these conversations sooner than what you may think you can do. Absolutely. Well, Jessica is coming from this from a advanced experience perspective with assessment. I do think that you can also start this work without that level of experience too. And I'm really, really excited for the interview we're going to hear next in our following episode featuring Maya Pollard at Columbus State Community College. She didn't have the same kind of background with assessment that Jessica has, but she had just as big of scope. So she was working in student activities for the entire institution, and just the context of being at a two-year institution changes everything for her. So I'm excited for you to hear a little bit of that too, Kelly. I'm excited. Great. Well, listeners, we appreciate you joining us. We hope you'll join us again for our following episode in our two-part series, Giving Data Definition Perspectives on Co-Curricular Engagement. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, check out part two coming soon on campusintelligence.com.